It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcast from. Hope your weekend is going well. It is already just about the end of the month. Yes, May the 28th, it is a Sunday, and coming up this morning as always we have the seven days of real estate and another busy week. It all started with Candice and Tom on Monday who told us about their renovation there in Brisbane. They were nomads, they travelled around the country for six months and then decided to move from Sydney to Brisbane. We talked to them We also spoke on Tuesday to Kate Fuller. Uh, She's in Adelaide and she threw up a a really interesting question and that was, can you still buy a house in Adelaide at the price point of $400,000? We also spoke this week to Hayden Groves, the president of the Real Estate Institute of Australia, about the current Australian real estate market. And we caught up with Brett Green. Greensill there in Brisbane to find out what was happening in Brisbane. So that's just a taste of what is coming up on your Sunday morning. If you're celebrating your birthday for May the 28th, to see that Kylie Minogue is going to be celebrating uh, with you. She's turning 54. Carrie Mulligan, the British actor, she's turning 37. And if you're a music nut and you like John Fogarty, he's turning 70. Today. Remember to follow us on any of the podcast platforms so you never miss a real estate podcast. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify and Amazon. We're on all of them. Know your property with us. It's the main centre forecast. And around the country on our Sunday morning, first we go to Sydney. Good news, mainly fine. 18 is your forecast top. In Melbourne, look out for the odd shower today. It's in the forecast. Uh, Pretty cool too, just 15 degrees. It is much more pleasant in Brisbane. Sunny skies, 23. A little bit of cloud cover in Perth, although mainly fine and sunny for your Sunday. And 21. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. Oh, it's it's a huge undertaking. Uh, we had done two, you know, reasonably substantial renovations previously. And I think had it not been for that, we wouldn't have had the confidence to tackle it, but just because of the scale. And even so, I mean, it's still, there's so many moving parts to it um, and the size of it, it was quite a substantial reno. So you would describe yourself as somebody that possesses plenty of project design and that whole creativity, you're bent towards that, are you? Absolutely. I've always loved um, homes, residential property. There's something about it, um, interior design and architecture. It's just always been a passion and interest of mine. And I think that uh, both you and Tom, you sort of uh, bring in different qualities in terms of what you could actually bring to the the renovation itself. So talk a little bit about that, Tom, just in terms of what you guys collectively brought to the table. 
Um, I'd, I'd like to admit that it was 50-50, but Candice has obviously got the talent and the skills. I've got a trade background and look after an engineering firm. So I did bring in some of the finishing touches to the smart home system and also making sure that it was very practical. So our smart home is meant to be completely automated, but no one knows it's there. So that was a really hard brief to take. So our kids can walk around not use an iPhone or an iPad and use buttons on the wall that look pretty much like light switches. So that's what I brought in. Candice had the aesthetic desire to keep it beautiful and unobtrusive, and I had to figure out a way to make that work. Just tell us a little bit, Candice, about the project itself in terms of some of the key things that you did in the Reno, because it sounds like you were the project manager here. Yeah, I was, absolutely. I mean, I basically um, specified everything that went into the Renault and I think together we worked on the floor plan and the scope and obviously with Tom's background, um, I think he undersells himself a little bit. He definitely was, you know, an excellent person to draw on his experience with just the construction management and, you know, he's obviously spent his whole professional career on job sites. So just understanding um, the whole process and what to expect. There are little bumps along the way and having a partner who's able to help navigate all of those things was a, you know, a massive positive. Everything that I've ever done in my 25 years in construction is all about three things and um, timeline is one of them. So program is what we talk about in the construction industry um, and also having the ability to adapt and change every project I've ever done, unfortunately or fortunately, has bumps in the road. So your program has to be reasonably flexible, but you also have to be very focused on being sequential. So obviously you can't do your tiling to do your waterproofing and some people get a little frustrated We're a lot more than just real estate. Available for breakfast from 6am, then on the drive to work or in your ear at the gym. In fact, wherever you go, we're available seven days a week. Now, we say that this is going to be of interest for anybody in Adelaide, but I am sure that there are people in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane who have right now turned for the volume dial to turn that up a little bit to find out what's going on. So, Kate, are there opportunities in Adelaide for people to purchase at that budget point of $400,000? Well, yes, historically there has been and that's where a lot of interest from the interstate investors has come from because of that affordability Um, and there still are but they are few and far between now. So a lot of investors that we are dealing with are looking for a home in a tenantable condition um, that maybe just needs a bit of basic cosmetic updating. They're also looking for a Torrens titled home and often want a well-sized block for future use as well. So being able to acquire a home like this in the metro area for 400 or less is becoming increasingly difficult. If you're after a bit of an example, we purchased many properties in say 2019 and 2020 that sat under this budget, considerably under the budget. And there were still opportunities in varying locations through to end of last year. But as a case study, one we purchased for 375,000 in early 2020 uh, was over 600 square metres of land and within 15 kilometres of the CBD. 
that's recently just been valued at 580 to 600,000 by the bank that holds the mortgage. And unfortunately, opportunities like this one don't exist anymore. The um, Very occasionally, they come up and are considerably further from the CBD, possibly on smaller blocks, but even these are creeping over the 400. So I think if anyone's looking to purchase here and wants to sort of get on that ride as far as only having that budget of the 400 or early 400s, now is the time before it's out of touch completely. Let's have a look this morning at investment grade property there in Adelaide. Some people might not know what that is. An investment grade property refers to a real estate asset that is considered highly desirable and financially stable for investment purposes. It typically possesses certain characteristics that make it attractive to investors. So what budget do you suggest uh, for an investment grade property in Adelaide? It really depends once again on the individual strategy, but a lot of investors would ideally come to us with a budget of say five to 550, even the 600 mark. That will open up many more opportunities for them to consider. The rental yield will still be there. So if they have the borrowing power up to that 600 mark, they're kind of silly not to consider opportunities that fit within that and to to minimise what is out there. Um, it will open up the amount of suburbs and the vicinity to the CBD and the overall condition of the home and size of land as well. So it just means that there's many more opportunities that fit within that. They're the type of property that will still get the capital growth and the rental yield and attract good quality tenants. So that's if you sort of got the borrowing power or the cash to be able to come into our Adelaide market with up to the 550, 600, that's absolutely what I would consider doing. Whether you're a seasoned investor or a first-time buyer, know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. It's interesting to see, isn't it, Craig, that we've seen the, the Sydney property market as a for, as an example. Despite these this high inflationary environment that, that we're in, interest rates, the, supply, the surprise RBA increase last month um, for or early this month for interest rate rises has not quelled the appetite for uh, real estate in, in those high-priced markets such as Sydney. We're seeing 75% auction clearance rates in those major cities of Sydney and Melbourne. Of course, what's happening, we've seen the bottom of that market now materialise and we're starting to see prices continue to come back up the other way now. And again, it comes back to this shortage of supply. Normally, when we're seeing high inflation and rising interest rates, you don't see property values increasing, yet that's exactly what's happening throughout Australia. And so that'll be a really interesting thing to see what happens next month when the RBA, of course, meets um, and makes their decision around what to do next with interest rates, of course, because we're seeing some economists predicting that there will be further rises, uh, which of course will cause more pain for mortgage holders going forward. So um, transactions are low uh, because there's just not enough listings out there and people are having to pay whatever it is they have to pay in order to get a roof over their head for their families. Mm. Well, I mentioned at the top of the podcast just the fact that, you know, if somebody is going in to see their mortgage broker today, they might have the amount that they're told, this is what you qualify, and then it all sort of changes again. I mean, it's so frustrating, not only for the people that are hoping to get into property, 
but also everybody around that person, i.e. the the agents, the mortgage brokers, etc. It just sort of gets passed down that chain. But it's a sort of a bizarre situation because the economists are saying cautious optimism with the, the fact that there has been some growth in the market, particularly Sydney and Melbourne. That's exactly right. And I think that's why it's such a shifting landscape when you see how rapid rates rates have risen over the last 12 months. We're starting to see, of course, the public, the buying public, still having to make a buying decision. And so it is impacting. I think the raising rates of interest that people have to pay it suddenly does change what options they have. And we still really haven't seen delinquency rates rise for mortgages, which is a good thing. I think banks are, are looking to try to protect those that are holding a mortgage. Um, we still haven't seen the washout from a lot of those fixed rates, those very low interest fixed rates that will be coming off uh, as the year progresses in 2023. That could cause a little bit more supply to come into the market as people who just can't hang on anymore. But sadly, of course, with the rental market being so tight, with vacancy rates nationally as low as below 1.5%, which is about half what it would normally be in a balanced market, People that can't hang on to those mortgages and have to sell, it's going to be very tough for them to find rental accommodation as an alternative. Um, So we really are in the perfect storm at the moment and we are calling on government to look for some immediate solutions. And uh, the current legislation before the upper house in the Senate, currently blocked by the Greens, $10 billion housing future fund. Uh, We're calling on the Greens and other senators in in the upper house of our parliament to make sure they pass that legislation so that we can at least start to get some... uh, constructive work on the ground to get more housing supply into the market to help protect Australians. Every morning from 6am across Australia, we deliver you the latest property news, commentary and predictions from Perth to Cairns and from Melbourne to Brisbane, seven days a week, only on The Real Estate Podcast. Now Brisbane's property market is showing signs of emerging from a flat patch, which has got to be good news. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in some sectors of the market, of course, there's always markets within markets. That slide was uh, insulated by, for example, six of 10 of our buyers uh, in the riverfront uh, apartment market have no finance clause uh, or any other conditions. Uh, so there was no impact of those recent interest rate rises. So that slide that you refer to is when normal buyers um, are trying to, or at least struggling to get their head around what a budget will be. Uh, as interest rates rise, rose so quickly, uh, they paused. And uh, during that pause, that meant uh, less buyers, which meant that the property prices in that sector went down a little. But as uh, interest rates have paused and people have stabilised their household budgets, they've surged back again into the marketplace. And so, as you said, we've started to see a rise again, consolidating that COVID effect. And what are you seeing in terms of the gap between the cash buyers and those seeking a mortgage? Now, I I note that you are certainly representing the great spots of Ascot, Hamilton, New Farm, Newstead and Tenerife. Uh, So you'll be seeing those cash buyers coming in, but there's somewhat of a gap, isn't there, with these people trying desperately to secure mortgages? Yeah, absolutely. It's not just the securing of them, though. It's the ongoing repayments. And of course, the market having moved 30% in some cases, Tenerife, 
and then interest rate increases. So the purchase price has gone up 30% and then interest rates rise. It has a dramatic effect on those, on those budgets. So those buyers, when they're competing at an auction to purchase uh, a desirable property, and of course, it's, a, it's the best area in Brisbane, they find themselves competing against cash buyers who don't have that situation. Um, for the first time, perhaps in, I would get to say a generation, but certainly for more than a decade or longer, the subject to finance purchaser is still uh, bullish and capable of competing against a cash buyer. We're now seeing that old, age-old divergence, you know, that cash is king, where somebody in a strong position will just go that extra bit and that's enough to win the property. And that is very disappointing and and, and upsetting sometimes for some of those buyers because they haven't been beaten like that for a long time. Uh, it's a, perhaps, some may say, a bit of realism returning to the market, uh, but there's certainly an effect of it. When you're having these opens at the moment and the marketing, are you noticing just in terms of buyer inquiry, just the market turning a little bit? Well, sure. For us, it is almost overwhelmingly, in fact, I haven't met an investor for some time, which of course is an interesting dynamic. If there's a tenant in the property, for example, uh, that makes it difficult for a buyer to buy on a 30-day vacant possession. Well, impossible. And that will impact on the on the saleability of the property. Almost all of the buyers at every level, from $350,000 one-bedrooms in Fortitude Valley to $5.5 million apartments on the river, it's where people want to live and they want to buy it and live there. The strength and confidence that those people have is that almost a perplexing uh, contrast to an investor who is so timid they're hardly even inquiring. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 